listening to a message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to know more about Red or its ministries, please go to redchurch.org.au. Hi, my name's Britt and it's a privilege to share the word with you today. I uh, recently moved into an apartment and I'd never lived in an apartment before and realized how much lives actually just converge from being in the one place with so many people um, living on that property. Also COVID, plenty of time to be at home and around the neighborhood, which meant that I actually connected with some of my neighbors in a whole new way. Um, And I remember this one conversation I had with a neighbor. Um, We happened to run into each other out on the basketball courts And it was our first kind of meeting. We're just chatting about what we do. Of course, the question was asked of me, what do I do? And I said I was a pastor, Um, which took a little while to explain because these uh, friends of mine are from India and so didn't have the idea of what it meant to go to church here and what it looked like to be a pastor or a teacher. Anyway, after much discussion, this young man was talking to me and he was sharing because he had been seeking something He was really interested. He had thought to himself, I actually want to read the Bible. He had been spending the last few months reading sacred texts from India because he was seeking something. He was looking for wisdom. And he said to me, do you know what? This time that we're in, there's no understanding of what's going on. It's really difficult. And so I think it's time we went back to seek wisdom from the past. What does it look like to find that, to look at that? That's why I'm reading these sacred texts. And that's why I want to read the Bible. I was so shocked to be standing in front of this uh, young man and hearing that from him. He just held a completely different perspective. He didn't think he had the answers. He wasn't trying to critique what was going on in Melbourne and how we're handling COVID. He thought the best course of action was to go to back to look and seek for wisdom. And there's something for me was really refreshing in that. Realizing that growing up in the West means that we are still really influenced by the Enlightenment, where the sovereignty of reason is actually what drives a lot of our thinking, the way we operate, and what actually is given importance. Whereas this man from the East is like, no, actually, we should return to the ancient ways. And as I was thinking about this, it reminded me of the passage in Jeremiah 6.16, which says, stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. In this time, that is what we need. So much movement, so much change, it continues on. But wisdom is everlasting and it cuts through all of that. Ryan shared last week and gave us a really good indication of where we're at. As we emerge from this pandemic, he gave us three places that we could find ourselves. One being wanting to go back, thinking of the ways things were. The second one, wandering, kind of checking out in a way and just waiting for things to kind of blow over. And the third was setting up camp, thinking that this is it. Those three places lead us to want to control what's going on or try and avoid it because the time we're in is uncomfortable, but we're not meant to be in this time for long. Alan Emerson at the start of the year gave us a beautiful prophetic image of being repotted And he said in his sermon that it wasn't a replanting, it wasn't a real like embedding in something. It was almost an interim time, but there was new soil and there was a new way. And so what does it look like to heed that, to recognize that? As we've been journeying through Lent, we've been reading a lot of Jeremiah 
again, Ryan last week shared um, what Jeremiah is about. In those first 24 books, it really is Jeremiah calling out to the people of Israel and letting them know what is coming, foretelling the um, exile to Babylon. There's something that we can learn from sitting in this text. There's a reason that we're reading it in this time. Jeremiah foretells accurately uh, Israel go into exile in 587 BC. And do you know what? There's something so familiar about the feeling of what we're reading, that feeling of exile, because we actually all journey through it in different ways. Israel's exile in this context was quite extreme, but we experience this in minor and major ways all the time. You could say that what we're experiencing now feels like an exile. We're not where we were, but we're not where we want to be. We're in this unusual time. We're seeing the ramifications of this virus still have an effect in numerous ways on society, health, the way we operate, the way we live our lives. And do you know what? It's uncomfortable. But as people of God, the aim of our faith is not to be comfortable, despite what our culture tells us. We are called to be the people of God no matter the circumstances. And what does that look like? In simple terms, to love God and love others. The setting of that's going to change. The way we do that might change, but the heart of it remains the same. And this feeling of being uncomfortable, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It's not that we have done something wrong or, yeah, it's okay to feel uncomfortable. And why do we feel this way? It's often because we determine who we are by the places that we dwell in and the people who are with us. And let's be honest, the places we're returning to after this pandemic, they don't feel the same. Church doesn't feel the same. But what if we didn't see that as a negative, but actually as something exciting, as an opportunity to discover something new, new realities, new possibilities? This is what happened in Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah. This is what history tells us. The exile for Israel was a really key point in their faith. It didn't break them. It actually strengthened them. They felt pushed to the edge of things in a place they didn't understand, with people who lived differently. But in that pushing, in that desire to understand who they were, they actually found God. Being in exile forces you to make a decision. It's making us make decisions. We've already seen this in the way that we're living our lives, not going back to filling our calendars with numerous activities, or perhaps you've made a lifestyle change and you're living you know, in the country now. There's been so many different changes, decisions we've made from what we've experienced. It's highlighted the way we live our life. But as we return, there's another decision to be made. As we return to places that we've been before, the opportunity is not to focus on what is wrong, but actually to see what could come of this new landscape we find ourselves in with God. Eugene Peterson talks, uh, wrote a book about Jeremiah. It's come up a few times in the last few weeks. It's a fantastic book. And he speaks of this exile in this way. He said, jarred out of their everydayness by the exile, they, the Israelites, embarked on the search. They settled down to find out what it meant to be God's people in the place they did not want to be, in Babylon. The result was that this became the most creative period in the entire sweep of Hebrew history. They did not lose their identity. They discovered it. They learned how to pray in deeper and more life-changing ways than ever. They wrote and copied and pondered the vast revelation that had come down to them from Moses and the prophets. 
and they came to recognize the incredible riches of their scriptures. They found that God was not dependent on a place. He was not tied to familiar surroundings. The violent dislocation of the exile shook them out of their comfortable but reality-distorting assumptions and allowed them to see depths and heights that they had never, ever imagined before. They lost everything that they thought was important and found what was important. They found God. There is something compelling about the description of that. For me, I can identify so many parts in it with what's happening now. One of my favourite lines in this was, the result was that this became the most creative period in the sweep of Hebrew history. There's something exciting about the prospect of this time that we're in not being something that is negative or hard, but actually opportunity for creativity, for discovering of something new. What if this is an opportunity to discover a new expression of faith? Our faith and who we are remains the same. God is faithful. But our response to that, our response to him, to what Jesus did on the cross, is what makes us unique. In this generation, how will we respond to that message in the time and place we're in? What if this is an opportunity to explore and find a new expression of faith? What if it's time to discover a new identity or our identity in God? As Eugene Peterson said, that's what they discovered. They didn't lose it. They found it. As we've stripped other things back from our life, there's been a vulnerable exposing. But let's not be uncomfortable or remain in the uncomfortable there. Let's actually seek God. Maybe it's time to find and rediscover our identity in God. And finally, what if, as Eugene said, of Jeremiah's time, we are still the people of God. This is still true for us. What if we will encounter new depths and heights of the kingdom in this time? Because we dare to explore something new, something different in a place we've not been before, but with the same faithful God. How? We ask, we seek, we stand at this crossroads and look. We ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is, and walk in it. And there we will find rest for our souls. This time we're in feels uncomfortable and like there's lots of movement. And there will continue to be, but the rest is found in being with God. When I think of ancient paths, I'm reminded of riverbeds. I think living in Australia and reading recently a novel that was based in Australia, I've, I've been reminded of the riverbed, of what it's like to be in rural Victoria and visit um, or go for a walk by a river. That dry, dusty landscape, sun-baked earth crisping, like gasping for water, the crunch of dry leaves, perhaps there's been drought for months, something that our land experiences all the time. Yet how to find is a riverbed. Despite what the circumstances look like in that time, despite what drought may indicate, you can see that water has carved its way through this landscape time and again. And although you may stand before it and this riverbed may be dry, it's hard to imagine that there was once water there. You sit with your legs dangling over the edge where the water first broke the surface, that first stream was formed. 
Isn't it incredible to think of what water is capable of shaping as it runs the same course over and over again? There are so many rivers throughout Australia that have been formed as the water continues to gather and make its way down this path. Years of an imprint made this ancient path. It's also incredible to sit there and think about who else stood by this riverbed, who else sought refreshment from this hot Australian sun, and how much water is actually a key source of our life. If you go back in history, you see that towns and cities and societies are based around a water source. It's normal. That's how we live. That's how we thrive. And so it is as we seek the ancient paths of faith, seeking that water of wisdom, seeking God, seeking Holy Spirit, Each time you set aside time to sit with God, to pray, to read scripture, to worship, it's almost as if Holy Spirit creates that path in you. He runs over that over and over again. Holy Spirit creating and forming something in you. And this can be over years. If you've grown up knowing Jesus, think back to being a child and singing songs about him or even just praying or remembering scripture that path was being worn over and over again. Circumstances might change, but the opportunity we have to sit by those rivers of life do not. God remains present. Holy Spirit wants to continue to carve those rivers into us as people, as his people, but also for his name, for his movement in this place. What does it look like in this time when we've had so much change? To not just think that that means to change how we engage with God, but actually what if the wisdom is to return to those ancient paths? Can you remember the last time you encountered God? Whether that be a scripture stood out or you saw an image or a word came to you or even someone prompted you to return to him. What does it look like to go back to those places? To seek rest for your soul to join the ancient paths. Maybe you haven't grown up in the faith. That's okay. There are many, there are thousands who have walked before you, who have walked these paths and you join them. And although you may sit by this riverbed and it may seem dry and although water may never return there, it's almost hard to imagine that there could be a river to refine refreshment. I don't know what this last year looks like for you. Perhaps some of you are feeling that. Or it's hard to imagine what it looks like to be the people of God in the coming year and years ahead. And we don't have to come to this riverbed with the answer. I love that we've also been reading the Psalms during Lent. The Psalms are these beautiful poems and songs and emotive words of what it means to follow God. As we read them, you can hear despair, you can hear questions, you can hear anger, you can hear confusion. We don't have to pretend to be at peace when we come to the riverbed and seek God. That's okay. We can be vulnerable and honest with him. He can handle that. In fact, as we express this, as we cry out to God, as we recall the works of his character, his faithfulness of who he is, as the psalmist did, as a people of God, it actually is an affirmation, a reminder, a calling of God's character in this time. It's a sense of trust to say, God, although it feels this way, we know that you are still God. Although there is pain or struggle, we know that you bring life and freedom. And so we cry out in these places. We return to the ancient paths. And you know 
or you can be confident that he will return. As you sit by a riverbed, the cavern or the channel it's created is almost like a promise that water will run there again. And we know that drought often ends, although it can be months and years. Australia has experienced that. But when that rain comes, when those floods come, they find that path and they fill that place again with life. We can be confident that God will turn up when we return to those ancient paths. And what if that is wisdom, the wisdom that my friend was seeking? It doesn't have to be this complex thing that we're doing. We don't have to have the answers. We're not designed to. It's returning to the places where God is. As the people of Israel did in Jeremiah's time, they learned how to pray deeper, learn what it meant to dwell in the scriptures. There's something significant in doing this. And the impact of this is not just going to be for your life or in your life, but actually for those around you. Because if you think about the river, it feeds and, and sources a whole town. People come to it at different points. Others who may be further down the track who haven't made it yet. What does it mean to spend time with God and create these rivers? It means there will be abundance and rest for your soul, but also for other souls who are seeking. What you do matters. How you spend your time matters. We were reminded of this with COVID. Me washing my hands and wearing a mask affects you. We don't live these individual lives. We're connected. That's why we have contact tracing. Although a weird way to look at it, it actually shows how connected we are. What I do matters. What you do matters for the people around you, for people who are looking and seeking in this time. And just as we are uncomfortable, just as we are experiencing this exile, so are others. Others who are maybe outside of the church who haven't met Jesus yet. You know, what we have in common with, these, with society is far more significant than what separates us in this time. I, as I said, I moved into an apartment last year and started to just meet the people in the neighborhood. I met another friend who was also from India and we just went for a walk one time and we were just chatting about our different stories. It was crazy to see someone from my generation live such a different life, the pressures that faced her, the responsibility of family, of what it looked like to support and um, respect the generation prior, to study hard, to sacrifice time, to work hard, to send money home, how different our lives are. And I was confronted by this, but also felt like what a privilege to hear a story from someone from the other side of the world. But what really struck me is, although we've grown up in completely different societies with different values and perspectives, when it came to it, the heart's cry was the same. This friend of mine shared that her um, father had been quite ill, but it was a sudden illness and it brought such a big change for her family and what it meant for her life. And you could feel and see the grief in her not understanding of why is life like this? Why has this happened? And I realized we all come to the same point. We all feel this exile of why do we go through suffering and pain and want an answer? Because we all need Jesus. And so in this time, what if wisdom is returning to the ancient paths and bringing others with you, bringing others to that source? to ask for those old ways. What does it look like 
to receive that from God. We can't give what we haven't received. We need to return to receive those ancient ways, to receive that identity, to to receive that opportunity to encounter the kingdom and then to offer that to others. These paths that we are asking for are the ones that the patriarchs travelled in. This is what we do at Lent and at Easter. We remember the story of the Old Testament because it's part of our story as the people of God. The promises of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, that's what you're hoping to inherit as well. Promises made to them by God to tread in the same footsteps, to look at the law and what it means to be the people of God. Jesus helps us understand that. He redefines that. He puts it in the most simple form by saying that we are called to love God and love others. That sums up the law and the prophets. And what if that is it? The simplicity of wisdom is loving God and loving others, but you cannot give what you haven't received. And so return to the ancient paths. As we seek God, we can be confident that he will be there. You can see it throughout scripture, him remaining faithful to Israel. And even in Jeremiah, later on, Jeremiah 29, 12 to 14 says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. God promises this throughout scripture. People from all nations, from all places, returning to him. And the ultimate fulfillment of that promise is Jesus. This is the time that we're living in. We have seen that. Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, they didn't see that. We have seen and known that Jesus has come. He's made a way. It's made possible for all nations to return to God. All people called home through him. And we can be confident of this because God doesn't go against his character. He will turn up. Those floodwaters will return. So as we emerge from this pandemic, as we reorder our lives, working out what's important, it's been a great process to do that. Let's not just reform our lives to live more healthy or more active or to be in new homes and new places, all good things. What if we reordered our lives and were reformed by the ancient paths, by habits of prayer, of worship, of scripture? It can be that simple. What would it look like to discover that new expression of faith, to return to God and understand our identity in him and to recognise and see the kingdom in new ways? When you read, when you pray, when you sing to God, it's not dependent on the strength of your faith or what it feels like in that moment. Do you know the kingdom is advanced in those times because the authority comes from being based in God's character, his sovereignty and his faithfulness to who he is and his word. If you think about it, the greatest act in history was not one of power but of submission. What Jesus did. And so as you pray, as you worship, as you speak of who God is, as you love others in that way, creating space to hear their hearts cry in this exile, something is changed. Holy Spirit wears that path in that moment. And it brings life not just for you, but for those around you. 
So in this time, as we emerge, as we continue on in what has been the weirdest last couple of years, let's take the opportunity to stand as this generation in this time, to return to those ancient paths, to walk them, to sit by them, and to bring others to know the refreshing and everlasting life that comes from the water of God, Holy Spirit, and Jesus. I'm going to pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness to your word and your character. That as we read throughout scripture, the ways that you brought your people back to you time and again, that although we may feel lost, that things continue to change, that you are faithful, that we can seek those ancient paths to reorder our lives. And thank you that that brings rest for our souls, that that is almost the byproduct of that. But Father, I just ask for your leading of what it looks like in this time. May you prompt us to sit in your word, to pray, to worship, and may we have eyes to see the ways that we can do that for others, to create space and bring them home to you. Amen.